0: Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. In our previous podcast, we talked about the fact that Joseph Smith claims to be a prophet come from God, and that he received a revelation from an angel, and that this revelation that he received is a New Testament of Jesus Christ that God expects everyone today to obey. Now we pointed out in our previous podcast that Paul was very clear about the fact in writing to the brethren in Galatia that even if one who identified himself as an angel came to us and revealed unto us a new message that contrasted the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should not believe it, that such a one would be accursed. And so the New Testament writers understood that from time to time individuals would come forth and say, I have a revelation, and the reason my revelation is different is because it's new, and it's the one that God wants you to hear. But the New Testament writers, whether we deal with Paul, or Peter, or John, or Jude, were all very clear about the fact that God provided his word once, and as Jude said, it was once delivered to the saints, and as Paul tells us in in Romans chapter 1, that that gospel is the power of God unto salvation, that there is no need for another revelation. So we noted that at the very least, we must make a choice to reject the New Testament and accept the Book of Mormon, or in accepting the New Testament, we cannot accept the Book of Mormon. And so I stated that I believe that Joseph Smith is a false prophet. And we noted that part of the reason that Joseph Smith is a false prophet is because of his saying that uh, he had a New Testament. But a second thing is that in claiming to be a prophet of God, two different prophecies that Joseph Smith claimed had yet to be fulfilled are clearly identified in the New Testament as having already been fulfilled. So today we want to pick up with some further evidence for why we should not believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. And I get my information not from hearsay, But I have a booklet that I received from the Mormon Church themselves that talks about Joseph Smith being a prophet of God. In fact, the booklet is called The Prophet Joseph Smith's Testimony. It was printed in 1984, and it's something that the Mormon Church gives out to people to make them aware of Joseph Smith. So I've used the information that they authorize as being truthful to demonstrate, according to the scriptures, that Joseph Smith is not a prophet from God. And so another reason that he is not a prophet is that Joseph Smith did not know what sin was. On page 7 of this booklet, Joseph Smith recalls the following. He says... During the space of time which intervened between the time I had the vision and the year 1823, having been forbidden to join any of the religious sects of that day, and being of very tender years and persecuted by those who ought to have been my friends, I was left to all kinds of temptations and mingling with all kinds of society. I frequently fell into foolish errors and displayed the weakness of youth and the foibles of human nature, which, I am sorry to say, led me into divers temptations, offensive in the sight of God. In making this confession, no one need suppose me guilty of any great or malignant sins. A disposition to commit such was never in my nature." He then goes on to recount on the same page that at the same evening he went to God in prayer to ask forgiveness for all his sins and follies. Now, which is it? Did he commit sin or did he not? For one to say he did things which were offensive to God and many of them being involved in temptations, but then to turn around and say, but don't think that in making this confession, you suppose I'm guilty of sin. Is he saying that he was able to live a life that was sinless? If so, we find in the scriptures that once again, Joseph Smith contrasts that which had already been delivered thousands of years ago. I call to record Paul's writing in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God why do we all need to repent and seek forgiveness? Because all of us have sinned. But then just to kind of confuse things, although Joseph Smith says don't think that he was guilty of any sin, he then goes to God in prayer to seek forgiveness. What would he need to be forgiven of if he had not sinned? And if he knew he needed to be forgiven, why say he had no sin? Something is very strange about one who would make such a claim, especially one who would claim to be a prophet come from Jesus Christ. Another thing in thinking about Joseph Smith is that as a prophet, as one who was supposed to be a spokesperson from God, he did not understand the concept of a priesthood. On page 16 of the pamphlet, Joseph Smith states that another angel came to him and told him that he and Oliver Cowdery would have conferred upon them the priesthood of Aaron. It then says, which holds the keys to the ministering of angels and the gospel of repentance and of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. Now, the scriptures are clear with respect to the priesthood of Aaron. It was conferred by Moses upon Aaron. In Exodus chapter 30 and in verse 10, it tells us that Aaron would make an atonement for the people by going into the holiest of holies once a year, that he would place upon the horns of the mercy seat blood so that the people could have their sins forgiven. Now, unless Joseph Smith was able to offer sacrifice for the sins of the people, unless he's able to enter into the tabernacle of God into the holiest of holies, which is in heaven, he cannot be a priest after the order of Aaron. In fact, with Jesus Christ, the priesthood of Aaron died. For Jesus is spoken of as a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And the Hebrew writer tells us that Jesus Christ is a priest after the order of Melchizedek because he is both priest and king. He offered sacrifice for everyone and did this once. Hebrews chapter 7 tells us beginning in verse 11 if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood for under it the people received the law what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron for the priesthood being changed there is of necessity a change also of the law for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so Jesus was made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is identified to us as one who was a priest and a king. And Jesus fulfills both of those roles. He is our priest and that he offered sacrifice for our sins, offering his own life for us. And then he is king and that he reigns upon the throne. When we look at what the Hebrew writer tells us, he tells us that in this priesthood that Jesus now has, that he is a priest forever. But even more than that, if we were to read all of what we could in Hebrews chapter 7, and we did not, and I certainly challenge you to do that, what you find then is that he says this priesthood of Jesus is better than the old. Who can consider that God would declare Jesus as his son as a priest of a better priesthood providing a better and an enduring sacrifice which only needed to be offered once for all mankind but then for God to change his mind make a lowly sinful man a priest after an older priesthood which was not as good and once again we have to ask the question who are you going to believe Jesus or Joseph Smith. Another thing to think about is that the supposed prophecies of Joseph Smith, the ones that he made, they failed. The book Doctrines and Covenants is another of the Mormon books and is given as much authority in their church as the Book of Mormon. I want to point out just some prophecies just just some short prophecies that are found in doctrines and covenants the first one deals with the land of missouri to be the new zion doctrines and covenants 57 1 and 2 says which is the land of missouri which is the land which i have appointed and consecrated for the gathering of the saints wherefore this is the land of promise and the place for the city of zion Friends, is Missouri, Zion? Is that where God's tabernacle is? I think you know the answer to that. But then, Doctrines and Covenants 101, 11-17, says, Mine indignation is soon to be poured out without measure upon all nations. This I will do when the cup of their iniquity is full. And in that day, all who are found upon the watchtower, or in other words, all mine Israel, shall be saved and they that have been scattered shall be gathered and all they who have mourned shall be comforted and all they who have given their lives for my name shall be crowned therefore let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion for all flesh is in mine hands be still and know that I am God Zion shall not be moved out of her place so here's a second prophecy made that Zion would be in Missouri and that soon all of the people of God from all over the world would be gathered and placed into Zion. Now, friends, according to Joseph Smith, the prophet, the land of Missouri is Zion. According to Joseph Smith, the prophet, he says God promises this new Zion shall not be moved. According to Joseph Smith, the prophet, all of the faithful of God inhabit that place. Well, friends, I think as you know, it did not happen. I'm not here to castigate Missouri and suggest that there is anything bad about Missouri. I'm thankful to be a citizen of the United States, and I know that each of our states have things that are wonderful about them. But the fact of the matter is Missouri is not Zion. In fact, the Mormon folks that went to Missouri left and you and I know where they went. They went to Utah. So even the Mormon folk didn't believe the prophecy of Joseph Smith. The promise for all saints to be gathered there did not happen. God's indignation was not poured out on all the nations. Missouri never became the land of promise. These and many prophecies of Joseph Smith failed, did so miserably, and failed in his lifetime. Friends, Joseph Smith is not a prophet of God. If he is a prophet, the only type of prophet he is is a false one. We need to know God's word and be convicted of the truth of the New Testament and know that it stands the test of time. And when men come forth and compare their words to God's, they always fail. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so much for listening to On Eagle's Wings. I do hope that you have a really great day.